Berkshire Football Stories is sponsored by Berks County Football Club. The Swords are now ground sharing for the 2020-21 season at Binfield FC. If you're looking for your football fix in the area, check out Berks County's fixture list and head down to Hill Farm Lane this season to see local players striving for promotion. You can see all the latest fixtures, results and much more at www.barkscountyfc.com. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast with me, Tom Canning, and him, Rob Davis. Uh, this is series three of our podcast where we chat to players, managers and volunteers at our non-league clubs throughout Berkshire. In series two, uh, recorded remotely during the lockdown, we produced 46 episodes you can go back and listen to uh, as part of our pub but not in a pub chat series, which I think we did almost daily. Um, we're not going quite so crazy this time, but you should get at least a new podcast each week, um, along with our Hellenic League show, which uh, currently we aren't doing because there's no Hellenic League. So as soon as that's back, we'll we'll crack on, I'm sure. You can see more podcasts from us by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app and you can also follow us on Twitter at FI Berkshire and find out more at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. I've got quite an intro for the young man we are speaking to today so here we go I'll try and get through it all in one go. Um, Today we are joined by genuine FA Cup hero. Uh, He scored the goal that sent Bracknell Town to the fourth qualifying round where they played Barnet uh, way back in the early noughties and has played for a number of other clubs in the area. Hello Adam Crittenden. Hi Tom how are you mate you okay? Not so bad not so bad good to see you. Uh, Busy Busy, time. busy time for you at the moment. Yeah, it is with the kids. Yeah, definitely. Well, Not um, so much wise, but definitely. With, <laughs> we'll, definitely we'll talk. With we'll talk about the kids in uh, in a little bit because I know there's a there's a bit of fundraising going on, and hopefully we'll be able to help you out a little bit. But um, I, I wanted to just start. Obviously, I, I gave you that intro, FA Cup hero, and all of that kind of thing. You you were a little bit of a, a little bit of a legend at Bracknell for for a few years. Goals were coming out of nowhere. Um, but but that night against Basingstoke Town, I think there was another incident which involved. Um, Daryl Freeland, uh, our, our old mate, uh, where he where he legged it onto the pitch at full time. But it, it was kind of it was your night, really. Um, you scored the goal. It was nil nil over two legs, over two matches, a, a first game and a replay, and you popped up with with a winner. What was that like? I'll st- we'll get straight into it, into the good oh, stuff. Yeah, start into it. Yeah, the good stuff. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, to be honest, I don't remember much about the two games. I literally just remember the goal. And the celebration, I mean, the two, the two games were nil-nils, weren't they? So yeah. I can't imagine. I, I probably didn't play that well, to be honest. <laughs> um, I remember the Basingstoke game. I think we went a bit, bit Mourinho-like and, and sharp, sharp, um, without the counter-attacking kind of bit going on. But we got the result there, didn't we? And we brought yeah. them back. And um, like I said, the surface and that was, wasn't so much for them, was it, really? No. And it, it was a battle and... So I remember scoring the goal. It just popped up from nowhere. And I don't yeah. think I could just, to be honest, it was one of the moments where it's just instinctively, you just, you just smash it in the net. And yeah, and everything set off from there really, didn't it? It, it really did. It was, it was, it was, it was an incredible season. It was, I imagine if you were a neutral watching both of those games, you'd have been absolutely bored senseless. Yeah, I, I must say, I do not, I, I don't remember that. <laughs> I think they were probably passing it around to the back at their place all for 90 minutes and I was doing shuttles across the yeah. pitch. Um, <laughs> no, I don't remember too much, but, but like I say, I mean, I, to be honest, I was dreading the uh, penalty shootout. I, I never really liked taking penalties 
and I really didn't want it to take um, to go to the penalties. So yeah, I was more than happy. <laughs> Another thing about Daryl was when he came on the pitch, I, I generally thought it was the last kick of the game. And then I said to the ref after it all settled down after five minutes, I said, how long's left? And he, was, he said about eight or nine minutes. Uh, I don't think I've ever defended like that in my life, like, so passionately. And even I was sort of like back on the edge of the box and, you know, it seemed to go on forever. But um, yeah, no, absolutely brilliant night. You know, memories last forever, eh, that, that one? Absolutely. Yeah. It's good for you guys as well, yeah? You must have. Oh, it was fantastic. It was just, yeah. yeah. I think, as I say, if you were in neutral, you'd probably been bored, senseless. But as a someone watching those two games, just tension. Once you realise you'd, you'd got the nil-nil draw at Basingstoke and taken them back, oh, there's always a chance, especially at Large's Lane on that pitch. There was always going to be a chance. And, you know, in you at that time, you had someone who would take that chance. And I think it was probably only one chance, probably one chance over two games. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and they had a good t- good side, didn't they? They at did. That level, at that at that time, they were they were doing quite well, and, and they were a good side. I think they had a few ex Reading players, didn't they? And, yeah. And they they were a good side, so it was a it was a great result, really. Absolutely. It takes us onto the Barnet one, really, which is a bit more disappointing, but. Yeah. <laughs> Before you go onto the Barnet one, I was going to ask you how often do you get asked about it from uh, Bracknell fans? Uh, you know, obviously you you. You're in with uh, one in particular here who has uh, particular fond memories. But how, how regularly does uh, that um, that goal and that uh, tie come up when you're talking about your uh, football career? Yeah, all the time, really. Just just that that particular year, really. I think it was probably my one my one good year I had, and um, <laughs> it was certainly my best year. And um, yeah, people remember that, don't they? I mean, I mean, to be honest, the, the other one is the um, the final we played against Chesham at Wickham. Oh, God. I mean, that was, that, that's the other one. But certainly the FA Cup and the final. I mean, they both ended in a bit bit of regret, really, and a bit of disappointment. But the actual runs to get to the to where we did in any competition were, were certainly sort of like the highlights, really. <laughs> You, you you kind of you you bring up that that final and I think I, I think I spoke to uh, I think it was Bakes and Unders when I spoke to them uh, episodes and episodes and ages ago. Um, the disappointing thing about that was playing Cheshire and they obviously they won it easy, which is yeah. you know which was which was fair they were they were better, but they just they had no interest in winning that cup at all and it's like well, come on why didn't you just let us win then because we'd actually have enjoyed it. You just you just looked like it was an end of season. Oh, thanks, see ya. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, it was my end of the season. I think, I mean, for me particularly, I mean, I was a bit tired because that was probably the one year that I played most of the games. Previous to that, I'd sat on the bench a lot and I was in and out of teams. But that that year, I did probably play forty odd games. And yeah. I, I, I remember, I remember warming up, and I remember Alan Taylor saying, "Come on, you know, we're gonna. This is your moment, kind of thing." And I just felt a bit tired and. <laughs> The performance probably uh, reflected that a little bit, but I mean, I had my chance. I mean, I scored a header actually. I, yeah. I, I, I like that one. So I think I only scored about two headers in my <laughs> in my career. But I'm, I'm not sure what Ammo was doing up there, but he put a cross in, and it was probably one of the best headers I've ever scored in my life. But I, I missed a few sitters as well that game. But yeah, it was disappointing. So you had the crowd, you know, when you actually get the crowd, like let's say for the Barnet game, I mean, we what usually get a couple of hundred through the yeah. gate, but when you in front of a thousand or a couple of thousand people it's such a buzz when you're not used to it so that was 
you know, a bit of disappointment really how they ended, but you've uh, no. touched on the Barnet game a couple of times there. Do you have more memories of that than you do of the uh the I do. I games think, of the Yeah, I think sometimes you you remember the 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 not the bad times, but the, the times that you could have done a bit more. Do you know what I mean? It's I can't remember all the goals. I, I remember certain goals I scored and the ones I liked and stuff. And you remember all the ones you think are quite good. But a, a lot of it goes amiss. And you sort of like remember the times when you had an argument with someone or, or when there was all kicking off in the changing room or, or do you know what I mean? Where you just lost 5-0 or, or something like that. And, and they're the times you sort of like really stick out sometimes. And you think, oh, I didn't actually play, play that well. And the Barnet game was... It's a tough one because the pitch was so bad. I, rem- I remember it was so, it, for some reason at that time of the year, it was, it was quite hard and really bobbly. And it, you, you couldn't play on it, to be honest. I mean, you kind of have a, a few regrets about how you played and stuff and could you have done more. But when you look back, I mean, it was so, so impossible to play any football on. Um, you know, and they're physically fit lads, you know, and they're, and they're well drilled and well organised. And it, it probably was. You're probably being a bit harsh to say, you know, when I look back with with regret. But I probably could have done more. You know, you, you do. You feel like what what could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. You, you said uh, earlier that uh, that was probably the your best year of your career, Bracknell. Anyway, uh, what memories? Uh, what positive memories do you have of the club for that season and your period while you were there? Um, in terms of characters, just, results, just anything. Characters, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, when you apply, I, I was always quite shy and quiet in the change rooms. And um, that particular time we had a team that was just, they were just nice guys. They were really nice. I mean, everyone in the change room was friends. And they still are to this day, I think. Uh, and it was just a real good atmosphere. You know, people like Bakes and Unders and, and Ammo and even the younger lads like Jody Yee and, and Cookie. And stuff like this, and that, you know, they're really good, really good guys. There was no big ego, big egos, or anything like that. And and that's, you know, you can play a player for me. That's how I played my best football. Surrounded by people like that, you have that kind of respect for. And yeah, I think that's why I played so well that season. But you know, Palms up, John Palmer up front, people like that, just really nice guys. And you kind of want to play with these guys, you know. And, and yeah. It was, a, it, it was a bit of a hallmark of Alan Taylor's teams, wasn't it? That they were, he brought in, he brought in decent guys, but obviously you said, you know, you spent a fair bit of time on the bench. How, how did sort of, and prior to that season, what, do, you, do you remember what kind of the breakthrough for you was that got Alan to go, right, actually Cripps is in? Well, I started that season on the bench and I think my first goal, I, I remember the first goal, I think it was where Hastings in, in the FA Cup, it was one of the the early ga- um, the early games in the FA Cup. I think I loved the keeper, and I just started scoring goals for some reason. Like whether it was like meant to be or not, but I kind of I was from about seventeen to twenty three. I sort of like a bit cliche, but I, I'd spend the time on the halfway line and trying to do skills and going for little mazy runs and stuff like this. When really, if you want to play, you have to kind of score goals and you have to. <laughs> I was always like the first player to be dropped mm. if sort of like because I was small and I didn't offer much defensively. So you kind of like you have to make yourself, you know, be selectable really and you have to score goals. If you're a player like me, you have to score goals. And I just for some reason it clicked and I, I think to be it was probably the position I was playing. Maybe I was playing further forward, like in behind the 
you know, running in behind the defence more, stuff like this, getting the chances. And um, I just started scoring goals. And I, I think he had to play me. I, I, you know, I'd probably scored five, five off the bench or something like this. Yeah. And I think it got to a stage where I think he changed the formation because we had John Palmer that was a regular. I think Neil Selby was there as well. Yeah, he was. Towards the end of his career. And I think he might have gone th uh, three up top in the end to try and fit me in. Whereas before I was sort of like getting stuck on the right wing or the left wing or... I mean, I was a bit in and out. Because I, I think, um, I think, I think you actually kept Neil out of the side for, for a while. Because I, I don't think he was quite expecting to to not be playing. But if I remember rightly, you kind of kept him out of the team. Left. He left. Did he leave that towards my, the end of that? Yeah, oh. well have done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was towards the end, wasn't he? Of his career, yeah. really. I mean, but he um, was a very very good plan to play with. You know, Hopefully, going to be talking to Neil in a, in a couple of weeks. I've got him on the list of uh, of people to talk to. Just um, you had it, obviously did, did sort of two part question, but did you did you understand at the time why you weren't playing? And it's clearly, you understand now. But also at the time, you had a bit of a reputation. You know, you'd have a cheeky fag at half time um, and stuff. Do, is that stuff that that you think about now that you wish you hadn't done or? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I mean, I never took it as seriously. I mean, it was hard for me. After, my brother was at Chelsea for five yeah. years, so I never saw that route into the professional game. I knew how good he was, and I'd spent a lot of my years watching Chelsea reserve games and all this. And I, know, I always saw it as a, just a game of football. Yeah, and I never really understood that real hundred percent passion to win. And when you sit, it's very when you sit on the bench and it's like minus five degrees and it's a Tuesday night. It's not very enjoyable. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all well and say warmed up and run down the touchline and all this kind of stuff. But when you're asked to go on for five minutes when you're two 0 down, it's like. So I I used to put the cigarettes in the um in the valuables bag. So everyone used to put their put their uh, valuables in the sock, and it used to go in the bag, and everyone would put their mobile phones and their watches and stuff in there. And I'd put my cigarettes in the sock. So at half time, when I was on the bench, everyone would come in. So then I used to go to the crowd to try and find a lighter. So I'd walk yeah. around the pitch and ask anyone for a lighter because I didn't always have a lighter on me. So, and I'd have a crafty one then. <laughs> but um, it was yeah. I, I, I don't know if I regret it or not. I mean. I'm not sure. I mean, I always wanted to be a little bit different. Yeah. With that part of the personality, I, I don't know. In the thing yeah. is, I guess as a as a supporter, normally you'd probably be going, "What the hell is he doing? What if you if your your player on the bench is is doing that?" And ordinarily, the reaction I'd guess would be, "What? What is he doing?" But to be perfectly honest, in that group of us, it just made us love you even more. The fact that yeah. you were you were just yeah, how you like to come across. You know what I mean? And you like to you have to understand that I I spent. I probably made my debut at Brighton at 17 and I probably spent, I think I was 23 when I made that breakthrough season. So I'd spent five or six years on the bench and you really lose the enjoyment for the game. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's, and, and yeah, so it kind of became something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was like, it, it's not easy sitting on the bench, you know. It, it really isn't, you know. And you, it's horrible because you kind of hope you want your team to win, but you know if they win, you're not going to get on. The only reason I'm going to get on as a striker is if you're 2-0 down with 20 minutes left. 
So you can't, it's a, it's a real tricky situation. Um, yeah, and you kind of lose a bit of passion for the game, you know. But that's where like that year was so good because you become respected by your teammates and stuff like this. And once you actually get a place and you feel like you're part of the team, then you kind of, you, you change a little bit. Um, how did you change? How, how were your, uh, how did you respond to being sort of more, um, I don't know, more part of the team? And uh, what, what difference did it make for you other than a little bit more enjoyment? <laughs> Yeah, no, I played much better. Yeah, I was, I was a much better player. Do you know what I mean? I, le I learned the game a lot more. I mean, like I say, getting, I, I teach my son now all the time. It's about, you know, it's about getting in the box, you know. He, he's very much like me. Like, he'll, he'll make a nice little pass or run on the halfway line, and then he'll stand there sort of like admiring it. And you kind of, it's not really, it's all right when you're winning, but, you know, when you start losing, you're the first person to be sort of like taken off or, or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So it's about just learning the game, really. And I think I did that season. And I started running in behind more. You, you come feet, you run in behind, you change your runs, you start scoring tappings. I mean, some of the worst games I had, I probably would have scored two goals or something like that. And everyone says, Chris, well done, you're brilliant, you played brilliant. And you're thinking, actually, I didn't have a very good game. But you'd scored two tappings and you were sort of like the match winner. Whereas the week before, I thought I played really well, but you'd, you'd lose 2-0. Do you know what I mean? And people want more from you. And yeah. It, it, it's just the game, really, isn't it? And, and that's what you've got to do. Um, yeah, and you, and you create that social friendship as well, don't you? When, once you're part of the team, you create, you know, them friendships and stuff like this. And you feel more wanted and you feel more involved and stuff. And it brings you on in that way, too, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, Barks County FC are the new sponsors of Berkshire Football Stories. The Swords' next game at Hill Farm Lane, where they ground share with Binfield FC, is on Saturday the 24th of October against Westwood Wanderers in the Thames Valley Premier League. You can find out more at www.barkscountyfc.com. Now, back to the podcast. Did you ever consider in those first few years, till, and, and obviously happened later on in your career but did, did you not think about uh, maybe going to different clubs in the area or or, or playing I, your, was uh, playing I was a bit of a journeyman in the end I mean I left Bracknell mm. I, I started at Bracknell but I left very quickly and I went to Windsor and Eton mm. and then I came back with with Alan Taylor um, I had offers I mean before I left Bracknell I had offers to go to sort of like AFC Wimbledon I was probably the only man to turn down AFC Wimbledon at the time. I'm not sure why I did that. That was that's probably the one regret potentially I might have had. Um, but there was like, like Hampton and Richmond came in for me and stuff like this. But I sort of like turned them all down, um, which is maybe something I, I potentially might regret if I could have, have the time again. But yeah, but I was, you know, the Bracknell lads were a great set of lads, you know, they're, and they're, they're so good. And you, you need to play with people you like and, you know, but that all comes back to the route into the game that I was talking about earlier. You have to, I didn't realise at that time there was a route to play like conference football or to play a high level if you really put the effort in and showed that, and showed that commitment on the pitch and off it. But not like nowadays. I mean, nowadays it's all set up for you. I mean... You know, the kids these days. I was down Bracknell Town yesterday and it's unbelievable. It's totally different from our day. The pictures they play on and everything. And it just looks so much more enjoyable. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it was totally different back then. Totally different. Brilliant. So uh, what are your memories of that time at uh, uh, Windsor and Eton and perhaps some of the other clubs you've played in around the area here as well? Uh, I mean, they're all good, really. They're all good. I had a couple of good spells. I, I mean, the Binfield, the, we, I had one year at Binfield and we won the league that year. Um, and, and that was a real, another real good changing room. Um, lots of different characters. Um, but to win the league, I think that's probably the only thing I ever won playing. And, and, that, and that was really good. I mean, they were top, top lads there. Um, Windsor was a strange one. I went to Windsor after I left Bracknell. I went to Aldershot for a little bit. Then I went back to, um, I went back to Windsor just before they went. I think they went bust, didn't they? But I mean, they had crazy money. That Dave Dave Carroll was the manager there, the ex Wickham Wickham player. They had Keith Scott up front, who used to play for Swindon. Um, Dennis Green, I think, who used to play for Wickham. I mean, they 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 were on like five six hundred pound a week. I've never seen so much money in my life, and it was absolutely it was crazy. I'm, no no wonder they went bust. But that, I mean, that was a strange experience because they were all like former pros and stuff like this, uh, and I was still quite young at the time, but. Yeah, and also I went to uh, Camberley, played at Camberley, Cove, and Ash also. Yeah, but I was a bit of a journeyman. I sort of like went around. I, I used to make deals um, where I'd get so much money a week, but I wouldn't have to train. <laughs> and, uh, I think people got mixed, kind of a bit divided on me. I used to walk into changing rooms. Some of the players, the majority of players, say like at Cove, or Ash weren't getting any money at all, and and I'd made this deal, and I'd come in, and they'd slip me this brown envelope, and everyone'd be looking at me a little bit like <laughs> a little bit funny, and then I didn't have to train or anything either. So it's very strange. It sounds a bit a bit silly now, but when you're young, you don't really, you know, it does. Yeah. Do, do you wish you'd had someone, kind of? like a, a sort of footballing mentor to kind of because but i suppose your family's your, your brother as you say your family's looking at your, your older yeah, brother i guess I mean, there was to be fair there was people around that, yeah. that said like, come on go and do a bit of work in the gym you know get yourself fit you know you're good enough but i, I think i just had that potentially that mental block you know where like i say earlier about my brother playing with chelsea and i realized what kind of there was no i didn't see that middle ground and actually one of the, the, the best moments, well, probably the highlight, apart from the, the, the Basingstoke game, was probably playing with my brother at Aldershot. I played in one, I, I sat on the bench for a couple of times in the conference, but I played one of these um, Hampshire Cup games and Terry Brown, the manager, played a really strong team. I actually played 90 minutes for my brother, which was a real highlight, do you know what I mean? It was like, wow, well, like I, said, I knew how good he was. And, and that, was, that was a nice moment. But yeah, I... <laughs> I, 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 some, sometimes it's down to characters and personalities, isn't it? And I, I was never, I was never that competitive. And I, I don't think you can change yourself, can you? Really? I, I mean, it's all well and good to say if I'd have done this and that and regrets and stuff, but I don't, I, I, I don't think you can change. Yourself. You are who you are, aren't you? And I mean, I was never going to be running around like for managers like Liverpool sprints and up and down and training on a Tuesday night, being <laughs> like group and stuff. I mean. I don't know. I, I'm not. <laughs> um, but. Chris, I, I, this obviously is the Adam Crittenden pod, podcast, not the Nick Crittenden podcast. But yeah. just, um, <laughs> just would like just one one thing. It was it was back in the early days of FIFA, and he, he when he played at Yeovil, and they got promoted to the league, and suddenly Nick Crittenden 
who we all knew, Nick Crittenden's brother Adam, who played for Brighton. What what was it like having? Did it mean anything having a having a brother who you could play as on FIFA? <laughs> Not on FIFA. No, I was more of a, a Evo Pro Evolution. <laughs> they didn't have the proper names on no. that. <laughs> but um, no, it's funny. Like I say, at the time, I mean, it, it was quite hard because for a couple of years there, when he he, he got in the first team at Chelsea, I mean, we used to go to like masquerades and Utopia mm. and stuff. Everyone used to come up, but it's very hard because I was always quite shy and quiet, but everyone would always want to speak to Nick and they'd always <laughs> ask, you always, I think that throws in with my personality because they'd chat to my brother for half an hour and then they'd go, oh, Adam, how are you? And it, that was it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it, it, it's very hard being a bit like that and growing up like that. But like I say, it was only for a couple of years really yeah. when he was, when he was doing really, really well. But, yeah, it, it was quite nice as well. It, it was it's very nice to always be sort of like it was always mentioned in the programs. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever we went away, yeah, that, that was it. Adam Crittenden forward, brother of Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you'll never get that from me, mate. Never. <laughs> I'm all about the Adam hero worship. <laughs> <laughs> but no, hopefully we're going to organise a game actually. So hopefully he's going to play in that. So he will play down Larges Lane. For the first oh, that'll time. be good. That'll be good. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll we'll talk about if we if we can, we can talk about the the fundraiser just in in just just at the end if that's all right. I just wanted to there was there was a couple of incidents. Rob, you've probably got some questions as well. Um, but there was there was a couple of incidents. Um, Fisher Athletic. I remember seem to remember you scored a hat full of goals. Was it four? Was it five? I can't remember. This was the season before Basingstoke. Yeah. Well, this is partly what we were talking about earlier about your, your love for football and mm. you're being in, in and out of the team. I mean, I'd scored, I think it was half an hour left maybe and we were 3-1 down or 4-1, yeah. something like that. And there can't be many people that have come on and scored four goals off the bench. Um, and I, yeah, it was unbelievable. Everything, I, I think I only had four touches, but they, they, all <laughs> goals as well. they weren't tappings, they, were, yeah. they were good goals. But the way it was at the time, I mean, no one knew where to play me. So I think the following week, it was like, oh, I've got to play Chris. Where do I get him into the team? And I think he played me left wing back or left midfield. Just yeah. And I had a bad game, you know, you know, interested in running back or whatever. And I, I, didn't, I didn't do myself any favours. And I was back on the bench. Within two weeks, I was back on the bench, you know. And you always felt a bit let down, yeah. kind of thing. What have I got to do to get in the team? Or But to be honest, it was because I you know, no one really knew where to play me. I was a bit too small to play up front, they thought. And if I played on the wing, I wouldn't chase back. And it was one of them. I always, yeah. I, I always remember Mickey Parker. Around that time, I was um, asked to play in a reserve team game to get some minutes. And Mickey Parker and Bose were the, um, were the managers of the reserve team. And I got to the game and I was on the bench. <laughs> and... Um, Mickey Parker and that, they pulled me outside. They pulled out, they were playing 3-5-2. And they pulled me out and they said, Chris, we can't get you in this team. We don't think you can play wing back. We can't play you up front. And I kind of, I, I refused to play that game. <laughs> I sort of like packed up my bag and got my cigarettes and went home. And, um, and I, was, I said to Mickey, I said, if I can't get into that team, I'm sorry, but no disrespect to the other players who were playing the reserves that that night whatever but I was like I, I couldn't believe that I couldn't get into a Bracknell reserve team but that, <laughs> but that just sums up the problem I mean, Mickey, Mickey and Bose would tell you 
you know, I'm sure they've got good words to say about me and that. But it was part of the problem where to play me, I think. Do you know what I mean? They, no one really knew where to play me until I, until I found the position up front. And that, like I say, using your pace, running in behind, you know, and that, that's the only way I sort of like found a way into the team, yeah. I think. And there was there was so so I think your it was it was your breakthrough season I think I seem to or it was either the following season there was an incident with a referee yeah. and I think it was against Windsor and actually we won the game and it was because of of what happened with you and the referee now it was Slough wasn't it it was Slough oh it was Slough yes it was yeah and it was a couple it was it wasn't that year it was after it was nah. By, Byron had just taken of course over. it was yes of course it was Byron. it was a few years later. Yeah, and yeah, I, so was, yeah. just to set the scene, if I now if I remember rightly, uh, I think you were clear through, and yeah. one of the Slough players, I, I did know the name, I can't remember the name of the guy. Uh, Leave foul. That's it. Hacked, like basically, yeah. professional yeah. foul. <laughs> professional foul outside the box should have been a straight red card. The referee somehow only booked him, and um, you you lost your cool a little bit. Yeah. Do you know what? That's the only game uh, Josh, my eldest son, ever saw me play. Oh. And look at my wife. They came to that game. Yeah. And that's the only game they ever saw me play football. And I got him off for nearly um, attacking the ref. Um, well, I did attack the ref. Yeah. No, yeah, you did. You pushed. I think you pushed him over at the very or You shoved you. I pushed him my life. I'm not sure why I was so angry. Do you know? I think it was. Um, it was a relegation. It game, was. It was a relegation scrap. Six pointer with about two, two or three games left of the season, yeah, and they yeah. Well. And we, I, I, I remember actually playing really well. I was having a really good game, and um, I'm not. I just remember going clean through. And it's one of them tackles you sort of like remember being in sort of like the school playground or something with your mates, where you just kick someone for you know <laughs> from behind and you just take them out. And I'm not sure why I got so mad. You know, it's the maddest I've ever been on the football pitch. I remember Tony, I think I got six, I get a six game ban. Six or seven, something like that. Tony Hardy said, you've got to admit to it. I, I wouldn't admit to it. Tony made me write a letter apologising to the ref and apologising to the FA and whoever was involved and saying how sorry I was. And I had to pay, I think, it was about £150 fine or something. <laughs> and a six game ban. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it was funny because, like I say, I've never really. I, was sent off a couple of times in my career which was quite surprising really but not i mean i've never hardly said a bad word to a referee really no. a bit of joking and stuff it, but no, it still inspired it inspired the team to go and win that game though and yeah, it, if say, yeah. no one else could understand why the referee hadn't sent him off so i don't think anybody actually blamed you for losing your call no, I remember, I think it was Liam Woosley, they said, go and, send Crits in, um, go and follow Crits into the change room. I think he might be like going to smash the door down or something. And Liam came in and I just had a great big grin on my face. And he was like, well, you, you want to I was like, of course I'm all right. It's game for the boy, isn't it? It's like, it's like, I don't know why, I just totally lost my head just for that split second. But... Um, yeah, I played against Lou Riddell a few times. Yeah, I think it may be, may be a bit of a personality kind of, I, I don't know, maybe because I knew Lee, it might have been something to do with that. Um, but yeah, it wasn't one of my finest moments, was it? <laughs> oh God, it's a good memory though. <laughs> <laughs> it 
it was a good memory. And I didn't hit the ref, just for No, you didn't. you didn't. I, I don't think I even, I'm not the strongest guy in the world. I don't think I am. <laughs> it was a bit of a decanio push, wasn't it? I think so, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rob, I'll um, I'll let you get a word in. Just to, just. Oh to... yeah, well, no, I, I like these episodes with the old uh, uh, Brighton Town players because I don't have to do any any work for them. I can just sit here and uh, relax for this <laughs> getting recorded. But yeah, um, all I was uh, going to ask before we sort of move on to the uh, uh, next sort of topic is the uh, from those days in, in Bracknell. Uh, you were saying that you found it. Um, uh, it was quite hard until you found your sort of uh, place in the team a little bit. Was there anyone um, in particular that you formed a little bit of a, a partnership uh, to help sort of utilise that uh, um, place or make that come about? Was there anyone that you sort of thought, all right, I've, I've formed a, either a strike partnership, a bonds there, or, or you know, a, a link with a, a midfielder or a winger that sort of helped you get to um, where you were in the first team and maybe retain yeah. your place? Yeah, I think we just had some, we had some very good players, you know. I mean, I liked playing with, um, who was a good player, Gavin Smith. He was, he was a very good player. He, he should have played, it probably, if you ask me, the players I really liked playing with are not really, you know, really good players. I, I thought he was, he could have played higher, to be honest. He, and uh, Ben Edwards as well, I really liked playing with Ben. I knew Ben from the youth team from about 16. Um, and he, not the not the greatest footballer in the world, but he, he he knew how to play football. If that makes sense, you know, he'd do all the running for you, he'd tackle, he'd do all the scrapping, he'd like get up and down all day. He's just a really good player to play with. And um, yeah, you you like to play with you like to play with like the opposite players. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing worse than playing me playing with someone who was similar to myself. Mm. You know I mean, you like playing with like someone like Neil Selby or something like that, you know, who's like more of a target man, someone you can play off. You know, it's not probably lost in today's football, but you know, like the big and the small guy up front, you know, work, being completely different, but working sort of like together. I mean, part, John Palmer was a very good player. I mean, he was very, you, you didn't know what he was going to do, to be honest. He, but he, he was instinctively, do you know what I mean? One, one minute he struggle to like control the ball and then the next minute he's doing something like an overhead kick or something in the top corner that I could never do in a million years and you kind of think how has he done that and it's like he was a good player to play with you know really good player to play with um but yeah just the, the different players you know like someone like Gareth Smith he knew, he knew the game so so well you know he, he knew exactly when he got the ball he just the through balls and stuff you know you get that kind of connection and that comes from playing regularly, you know, with people and being part of the team. But, you know, Smithy, he knew my game. And I think that season, actually, he was probably our best player. He, he had a really good good season that year. And like I say, you know, such a good player. Really good player, I thought. Um, yeah, no, I don't... I, I used to like all the younger lads around, like Jody Yee and stuff like this, all, all the younger guys around the club. Uh, Michael Cook and stuff used to go on really well. All them guys, and um, you just start you start getting your friends within the group and stuff like that, which makes it you know so much better, so much easier to play. But I mean that's the main thing for me, playing with people that you actually want to play with and that you like. Yeah. Um, sometimes the big the big characters in the change room, you know, if you get like twenty or thirty people in the change room, there's 
potentially always going to be one or two guys you don't get on with or you think might be a little bit funny. The chances are 20 guys being all best mates is quite random, you know? Mm. You know, that season, everyone was just so, you know, pulling in the right way, you know? Yeah. There was no arguments or anything. Everyone was pulling in the right way. And that probably got the best out of me, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to finish? Have you finished off, Rob? Or, or? yeah, I mean, like, like, <laughs> easy as when these uh, we talk to ex Bracknell players. Nice you can do all the uh, you can do all the reminiscing. <laughs> um, Adam, I just wanted to obviously you're raising money at the moment for your son Josh. Um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about um, what you're raising money for Josh for, uh, and how uh, people listening to the podcast can can help? Hi, oh, yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, we decided to set up a, a Just Given page for my eldest, Josh, who's 16 years old. Um, he was basically born with a sunken chest, um, which is where the breast breastbone grows inwards, basically potentially crushing sort of like your lungs and sitting there really impacting your heart. Um, it's never really been a problem for him until he started growing about a year ago or so. Um, and, you know, he's got a huge indent in his chest now and his lung capacities. I mean, his sport's mad, don't get me wrong, and he's okay, but his lung capacity sits around, I think, about 6 or 7%, you know, shorter than... So it must affect him. Um, so we basically took him, as you would, took him to the doctors and stuff, um, and, and the, the surgery Josh needs is no longer available on the NHS. It was cut funding in 2019, um, so there, there's no treatment basically for him. Um, so we've had to look into getting it privately done, um, which we're going to have done in Middlesbrough, hopefully next year after his GCSEs, um, which give him the summer to recover before the education starts again in September. And they put a metal rod into the breastbone and they spin it. And then that, that reshapes his ribs for about two years until the, the, the bar's ready to come out. And that will release the pressure on his lungs, on his heart, and obviously give him a better looking chest. Um, so yeah, so that's what we've been looking to do. So that the, the, the figure we've got around is about 13,000 pounds for the two operations. Um, so literally because of COVID and stuff, we've literally just put on, on social media, on Facebook, and the response has been absolutely incredible. I mean, I think we're, we're nearly up to seven and a half ground, seven and a half thousand pounds literally just through Facebook and the football community, literally people popping up that I haven't seen for years. Um, you know, it's unbelievable really. And it just shows you how many great people you meet through football yeah. and stuff like this. And, you know, you can, football's quite funny. You, you think you're really good friends with these guys for a year or two, then you move clubs and you, you kind of get a new set of friends. But then when you speak to them again, it feels like you've never left. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I could pick up the phone to Bakes or, or someone and just chat like it was, you know, 2004, whatever it was. And yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And everyone's rallied around. And, and like I say, yeah, so you can find it on Just Given, really, or, or search me up on, on Facebook. And um, yeah, we will, it will be having the operation next year, thanks to some of the most generous donations, really. Absolutely incredible. Really blown away. Did you mention about a, uh, a, a match that's taking place at uh, Lodges uh, Lane? Yeah, so I spoke to Bobby Wilkinson. I didn't, um, I didn't know of Bobby Wilkinson, the Bracknell manager. Um, so I haven't been down the club 
for a long, long time. Um, but he called me, heard about the story, called me, and he's an absolutely incredible fella. He showed me around all the new facilities yesterday. Um, he's offered Josh all the, all the use of the physio, the, tr uh, the gym, after the operation to build him back up. Wow. Um, and then like equipment, all the, all the uh, Puma stuff that they've got, um, use of all the, you know, basically a personal coach to get him fit and get him playing football after the operation, which was absolutely incredible. Literally, yeah, totally blown away by his gesture. And he's a really nice guy as well. Absolutely really nice guy. Um, we're going to do a game. Yeah. So the, the date's not been, um, the date's not been confirmed, but we're going to do it probably on a Friday night. So anyone who's still involved with football can play, obviously, and get involved. And hopefully when the weather picks up, probably start of April, really. So we don't want it. There's no point doing it in the winter, no. is there? It's, it's, you said you didn't like the cold. Yeah, open the bar and get, hopefully get a few people in. I mean, let's say my brother's going to play. I'm going to do an old Bracknell team, hopefully like Stuart Hammonds, people like this. Um, Neil Baker, obviously, a few people like this. And then we're going to play against my team, which will be a bit of a mix and match. Like I say, we have some good players, <laughs> like my brother and a few others. But then I'm going to try and get a few people who have been doing some fundraising involved, some people that love football, but not necessarily yeah. played that. Just to, it's like a thank you back kind of thing to say, would you like to, to get involved for your hard work kind of thing, um, which would be quite a nice gesture, really. But hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll get a few people down there. And once we can get the teams released and the details yeah. and the date, I think, like I say, Stuart Ammons and a lot of people have messaged me already and stuff saying, you know, they, they can't wait for it. Um, so that'd be good, wouldn't it? Uh, it's something to look forward to, actually. Indeed. Well, do uh, do let us know because we'll we'll do the we'll do the build up on the website and we'll um we'll, we'll do it like a proper proper match build up. Um, if you play your cards right, Rob and I might even be able to come and commentate or something yeah. silly on the game. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll take you up on that. We'll try and do a live broadcast <laughs> or something. Um, hopefully our audio skills will be a bit better by then. So um, yeah, that'd be good fun. <laughs> Chris, yeah. thank you ever so much for joining us today. Top man, Tom. Top man, mate. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Indeed, far too long. We, were, we won't, well, at the very least, it'll be April next year, hopefully. So, um that was the Berkshire Football Stories podcast series three chat with Adam Crittenden. You can see more than 50 podcasts by us with the great and the good of the Berkshire non-league scene uh, just by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. Please subscribe for all the latest. And if you have a minute, give us a rating and a review. All that's left to say is that it's goodbye from me, Tom. Uh, it's goodbye from Rob. Goodbye. That's goodbye from Adam. Goodbye. Berkshire Football Stories is sponsored by Berks County Football Club. The Swords are now ground sharing for the 2020-21 season at Binfield FC. If you're looking for your football fix in the area, check out Berks County's fixture list and head down to Hill Farm Lane this season to see local players striving for promotion. You can see all the latest fixtures, results and much more at www.barkscountyfc.com. <laughs>